0: This is episode 325, Healing Sexual Blocks in Your Relationship with Adam and Rihanna. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I love it when I have couples on the show. It's so fun to coach couples. And this is an incredible episode, whether you're in relationship or not, whether you have any kind of blocks, especially sexual in your relationship or not. This specific couple who, I just want to thank them in advance for being so vulnerable, so raw, so honest. I know their honesty and vulnerability is going to serve so many people, but they're in a situation where the woman has a big history of sexual trauma, a lot of sexual trauma. And she's in a safe relationship with Adam who has a history of sexual compulsion, even sexual addiction in his words. And they're in a place where their sex life is sometimes non-existent, sometimes just really challenging. And they're wanting to overcome it. They're wanting to heal. You know, Rihanna's wanting to come into really enjoying sex and Adam's wanting to come into a healthier relationship with it. And I think you're really going to get a lot of value from this episode. And even if you don't have sexual trauma or any trauma, the process I do with them is just a beautifully intimate process to bring any couple together. I think so often when we think about our sex life, we think about the act of sex and we often forget about intimacy and what a turn on intimacy can be. And even when we're dating, you know, I noticed this in my dating life until I changed it i was physically intimate with someone we get physically naked with someone before i really got emotionally raw and vulnerable and let me tell you that did not work for me my body would talk to me sometimes my body would talk to me in the sense of like a yeast infection going "Mm, nope this was a do not enter like no way jose sometimes it would talk to me in the form of anxiety our bodies talk to us and especially you know i'm speaking from the perspective as a woman I don't know how it is for men, but especially as women, if we if our emotional body, if we do not feel safe, our physical body will give us signs. I had one client who was in a relationship who had repeated UTI after UTI after UTI. She couldn't get rid of them. She went on all the homeopathic stuff. You know what stopped her UTIs? Breaking up with the guy. So, I think we need to pay even more attention to what our bodies are telling us and a lot of times in sex and sexuality if if the turn on isn't there maybe there's not enough emotional intimacy not we're maybe we're not feeling safe enough you know so many of the blocks that come in couple sex life happen because they aren't reaching levels of deeper emotional intimacy and the process again that I take Adam and Rihanna through is a beautiful process for you to do and One thing that I have available to all of you that's free is a sacred union process that Steph and I recorded together. You can go to christinehassler.com slash sacred union. And you can even do this with yourself. You know, you are your own beloved. (laughs) And if you're in a relationship, this is a great process to do with a partner. And again, that's totally free. Just go to christinehassler.com slash sacred union. It's two parts. Part one is where we walk you through the process. And part two is the actual guided process. And it's just an audio process. Highly, highly recommend that again, christinehassercom slash sacred union. So as you're listening to this call, consider, do you have sexual trauma or really any kind of trauma? And it shows up in your relationships. Is sex often hard for you? Like you, you mentally want to be able to do it, but when it comes to the physical act, your body just shuts down and you get all kinds of trauma triggers. Are you someone that thinks you may have an overactive sex drive that may even be sexual compulsion, sexual addiction? Do you look to sex to fill a void? And finally, is your sex life in your relationship? Does it feel stagnant? Does it feel like it needs some improvement? Do you feel a little stuck? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Adam and Rihanna. Adam and Rihanna, welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: Hi. I'm not really sure uh, how to bring up a, a subject of, like, talking and stuff, but um, maybe...
2: I grew up with a mom that pretty much condemned anything sexual. I'm not really sure if she was raped and if that's how she got pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. But it was never talked to. My mom would spend hours upon hours in my room, tell me how I ruined her life and how mm-hmm. pregnant with me was the worst decision of her life and I destroyed everything. So sex was always very hard to talk about. There was no conversation growing up at all. If anything, it was to be feared of. And this grew up, it went on in my adulthood or you know, my adolescence, um, I had a teacher that did some questionable things that he shouldn't have done, like working out in front of me with his crotch in front Mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me things like, all the male teachers talk about you. Mm. And then I went into um, a relationship where I was with this gentleman for 10 years and he controlled every aspect of my life. What I wore, what I said, what I did um and pretty much I had to give him sex just to make him happy and nothing I did mentally physically nothing was okay with me Mm. so there's so much shame wrapped around with this so much trauma Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of domestic violence a lot of PTSD Mm -hmm. um and as things are getting better in some areas, through counseling and whatnot, this is the one area that I'm really struggling how to navigate through all that trauma and all those, all those things in your head to get to the good stuff to have a healthy relationship that mm-hmm. I've never seen before.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like the relationship you're in now with Adam has that potential or is a healthy relationship now?
2: That's why I'm willing to do the work and go through the pain. Otherwise, it's just easier to ignore and just keep going.
0: Yeah, just to be on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. but there's a part of you that really wants healthy love and intimacy, right?
2: Yeah, and the first time I've actually had someone that is sweet and understanding and that loves me for who I am, but I, it does make me feel um, bad and upset that I carry all this baggage, and I can't give him that normalcy that he
0: deserves. Mm, well, we can put normalcy in air quotes because what is normal? <laughs> what do we base normal on? What we see on TV, what our friends are doing? There, there is no normal, and and you don't need to put more shame on top of years and years and years of shame. And it's not like you're refusing um, or you're, you know punishing him in some way. This is a huge trauma for you that is is difficult for you to get over. And so much of sex and sexuality is paired with trauma. So even though your present day brain can go, this is Adam, this is my partner, he's safe. Your body is like, no, nothing sexual is safe. Men aren't safe. Being sexual isn't safe. Sex isn't fun. It's obligatory. There's just a lot you have to get over. So First, I just want to acknowledge you for how far you've come. You could have gone down a much different road with all this trauma. And here you are in counseling with a man who is willing to to work with you, is willing to come on a podcast with you, is willing to talk about this. And you're both committed to having a healthy relationship. And that's a really big deal, like a really big deal based on everything that you've been through. Can you see that and acknowledge that? Absolutely. (laughs) Because you aren't going to get to where you want to go by looking at what you're doing wrong. You're gonna get to where you wanna go and start feeling more confident if you really acknowledge how far you've come. But if you put too much energy into, I'm not giving him what he needs, I'm not giving him a normal sex life, that whole story, then you're back in self beat and you're back in shame. And that's not gonna help you. Can you see that? absolutely. Yeah. So can you just tell me and Adam one thing Just, we'll just start with one, one thing that you're really, really proud of yourself for, and and then one thing that you really, really feel confident about. So I'm proud of myself for, and I feel really confident because.
2: Um, I'm really proud of myself for, the hardest thing for me was to just acknowledge what I feel and how I feel and to be able to put a word behind that. That was a very hard thing for me to do.
0: Mm, amazing. And what do you feel really confident about?
2: I feel confident about um, just where I'm going. I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I don't just see like there is no, <laughs> there is no future.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So you have hope.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I can hear that in your voice and in your laughter, which is great. Which is great. And what do you want to acknowledge Adam for?
2: Being patient. It's very hard. He's had a hard time with this. Understanding someone who's been through a trauma piece and having to be patient. It's hard to having to deal with someone who has, you know, has, you know, you see something or hear something and it just brings up a past experience. And him not always having the answer of being okay with that.
0: Mhm. Mhm. And Adam, I just want to turn to you for a moment in your own words, what's been hard for you?
1: I guess the hardest thing is not being able to fix it as yeah. I all my life I've tinkered with like uh computers and IT mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. thing always uh you know worst case I could google an answer kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh the last time we uh, really got into it, she described her, whatever you call it, as like a sexual anorexia uh, thing. Um, I'm not sure if that's like a buzzword or uh, an actual phrase for what she described her problem as. And uh, I did some research into it, and uh, there's not really a, a clear-cut treatment or answer to that sort mm-hmm. of problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And labels can be hard. I mean, the the path towards healing, which is what I'd use to call it instead of answer or solution, this is really about healing, is continuing to do the emotional work and the trauma work. And I'll get into some more specifics of that in a second. But first, Adam, I just want to speak to you because this is a very, very, very typical masculine desire. You just want to fix. And one of the things that the masculine needs to learn in relationship is that just by loving, just by holding space, just by being presence, that is quote unquote fixing. So I know you know this, but I'm just saying it. She's not a computer problem, She's not a piece of Ikea furniture that you can just build and solve. She's a woman with complexities. And even if she didn't have this trauma, you probably, this would still come up in relationship for you because it's, it was one of the biggest kind of masculine feminine issues where woman just needs to be, or if the feminine just needs to be held and heard and made to feel safe, but the masculine wants to solve the problem. I have, I've coached so many couples where the woman's like, just listen to me. I just want you to listen to me. And he's like, no, we need to find a solution. So your learning is because we, we draw each other in for a reason, right? And so as much as there's a healing path for her, there's a healing path for you. And the healing path for you is to learn not only that you love through action, but you love through feeling and to move out of your head into your heart and know that just loving her and just holding a safe space for her is how you quote unquote, fix this. Because let me ask, let me ask her. So Rihanna, do you want him to fix you or do you want him just to love you? (laughs) Just to love me. (laughs) Yeah. And what does that look like for you?
2: Oh, something I've never really had. Just someone who's patient and there, what I need someone to fall on. Mm -hmm. Um, just open.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want you, you both to try something with me. I want you to turn and face each other. Can you do that? Uh So your bodies are facing each other and I want you to just look into each other's eyes and take three deep breaths together and try to inhale and exhale at the same time. good. And as you're breathing, just maintain eye contact. And if at any point, anything I'm asking either one of you to do starts to feel uncomfortable, I just want you to tell me, I just want you to go, okay, like I'm feeling a little uncomfortable because I want to see how far I can take the intimacy before either one of you gets triggered. Are you willing to do this with me? Is this okay? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so far, looking at each other, breathing together is okay? Yes. Okay, great. So, Adam, I just want you to just gently touch Rihanna's leg. Just put a hand on her knee or something like that. Okay. Still feeling okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maintaining eye contact. And now put the other hand on the other leg. And keep breathing and keep maintaining eye contact. And Adam, come a little closer to her. Scoot a little closer. Okay. Maintain that eye contact. And Rihanna, how is this for you so far? It's a little intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's happening in your body?
2: Oh, my heart a little, uh, beating a little fast. Shoulders mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a little
0: hmm hmm So this is where we're going to work with your nervous system. So Adam, I just want you to stay where you are, keep breathing. I want Adam, I really want you to breathe into your belly. And I want you to imagine that you have roots coming from your tailbone and you're just rooting down into earth, holding this really, really strong masculine presence. Can you do that? Okay. All right, sweetheart. So I just want you to be with that beating heart. So right now we're in a little bit of a trigger. We're in a little bit of a body memory, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And can that be okay? That's okay. Yeah. And if tears want to come, that's okay. Okay. So just feel his hands on your leg. Feel him looking at you with love, not with wanting anything. There's no expectation of sex right now. There's nothing you need to do. And I just want you to see if you can regulate your breathing a little bit. If you need to close your eyes for a second, that's okay. And just inside, just tell yourself I'm safe. And keep breathing deep into your belly. And again, just feel his presence, feel his love, feel his safety. And now tell me what's happening in your body. A little
2: bit of a sensation.
0: <laughs> Is it a pleasant <laughs> sensation? awkward. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is it uncomfortable? Oh yeah. Okay. So if that sensation had a message for you or could speak, what would it say?
2: I don't know what this is.
0: (laughs) Mm. Keep exploring. It'll reveal itself. We just have to give these things time. So that tingly sensation, it might say what it is or it might say what it needs. What does your body need right now? A hug. A hug. So could you ask for that? Hug. Yeah, and so as he hugs you, I just want you to to melt into that and not only feel the safety and the comfort, but feel yourself open so that you're not only comforted, but you're opening up to receive because it's important for the masculine to feel like the feminine is enjoying the receiving. So as you're hugging, and again, I'm anything I ask you to do, you have full permission to say no to So as he's hugging you, I just want you to take a nice deep inhale and then exhale with some sound. So it might sound something like, mm, like a sound that would indicate comfort and pleasure. Can you try that? You do two more of those. Good. One more. Beautiful. Now, what do you notice? Calm. Calm? Yeah. It feels good, huh? Yeah. And, Adam, what do you notice?
1: She feels open.
0: And how does that feel to you? It feels good. Yeah. So now, Rihanna, what would you like? What would you like now?
2: Uh, uh, Wipe my tears off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What else would you like? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just give it a moment. You could feel complete and you might want something else. You're complete. Okay, now what's happening in your body? How does your body feel now?
2: Relaxed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, Adam, notice how you didn't really do anything except be present? Yeah. And that you were received. Your love was received. Yeah. And how does that feel for you? feels good. Any other feeling words? Does it feel warm? Does it feel loving? Do you feel more connected to her?
1: Yeah, I'll do that.
0: Okay, good. Good. So do you two ever practice things like this, where you just go really, really slow? No. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to be my recommendation for you you know, I would continue counseling and any kind of trauma work or any kind of somatic work that's very helpful with trauma. But so much of the embodiment and the integration is especially the person who's had a lot of trauma for them to be able to slowly and gently ask for what they need. So notice we started out very slow. We just looked at each other. You just looked at each other. Then you breathed together. Then there was a touch and And Rihanna, when you practice this, you can say that doesn't feel good. That does feel good. So part of your healing is going to be owning your voice because the only way that you've been able to cope so far is just to go to nothing, right? Because you've (laughs) been so violated, it's like, I don't know my boundaries. I don't know my no. So I'm just going to be anorexic about it, right? I'm just going to completely give it up. Can you see that?
2: Oh,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So your practice, if you both are willing, and the intention of this is not to lead to sex, someday it might be, because you might feel so open and so safe and and your nervous system is so calm that you actually do feel turned on. And you're like, oh wow, this is what it's like to actually want sex. Because I don't know that you've ever had that experience of actually truly desiring it. No. And you don't want to miss out on that because it's really great. (laughs) And again, you wouldn't be in this relationship if some part of you didn't want that. Like you got a human body, you get to enjoy it. And so you're just gonna go really, really slow. Can you see how doing something like that, practicing every day or every other day or whatever, and just continuing to edge it a little further, like this time it ended in a hug, great. It might end in a hug for the next week for the next six months for the next year. And then it might end up in a kiss and then a more passionate kiss. And then you might be cuddling and then maybe some clothes come off and it just progresses slowly. But the whole time you're checking in with yourself, how does this feel? What do I need? Because the key for you is to not get to the place where you just dissociate. Can you see how in sexual experiences in the past, you've just had to leave your body. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why that, you know, the heart rate comes up again, because your mind knows this is Adam. I'm safe. I'm on the phone with Christine. I'm not going to be violated right now. Like your mind can know that, but your body's like, uh Oh, I know where this is headed. (laughs) Right. So it starts to get super anxious and it's, it's ready to check out. So, the key for you is to keep coming back to your breath and be like, how does this feel? What do I need? What do I need next? How does this touch feel? Do I want to hug? Do I want to stop and really take ownership of communicating that? Does that make sense? Oh, completely. Do you think you can do that?
2: It doesn't seem so scary.
0: <laughs> Good. Why do you think it doesn't seem so scary?
2: doesn't have a huge expectation to
0: it. Right. Right. And let's just clear that up now. Adam, are you carrying around this huge expectation that she must have sex with you? No. What do you want her to want to? Exactly. This is a good man. He doesn't want to hurt you and he's not going to be turned on unless you want it. And that's healthy. That's healthy male sexual behavior they're not turned on if we're not. And so you, you guys are going to baby step this with intimacy, not necessarily sex, but intimacy, just practicing like we practice today and just going on, you know, letting your body lead like, okay, I could have stayed in that hug a little longer, or maybe I would like his hands a little higher up my leg, maybe on my thigh instead of my knee, that might feel good. Maybe I'd like him to just rub my leg a little bit. Yeah. Does that feel awkward?
2: Not when it's small steps like that, no.
0: Okay, good. Good. Does this feel like it could be helpful for both of you? Yeah. Adam, what's coming up for you? Um,
1: I guess, what do you mean?
0: Well, is there anything coming up for you? Is there anything you want to share? Is there anything on your mind?
1: No, I guess, um, as far as looking at myself sort of thing, I think where we initially had our issues at was, uh, I guess I would almost look at myself as like an addict almost or, uh like, a, the reverse of whatever the anorexia
2: thing mm-hmm. is.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, normally on a good time or a good week, is like maybe we would do it once a week where part of me feels where, you know, I'd like it once or twice a day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so sometimes, you know, things will happen to where, like, if we don't do that thing once a week, sometimes, you know, that will build up, like, a build yeah. up stress and, I always have to constantly look at myself and like, let myself know that it's not my fault or my problem. Or right. I always think of if I didn't do this enough or that enough or, you know, do I need to change something about myself to make this happen.
0: And that's amazing insight, Adam. Really amazing insight. So what do you think, Is you mentioned sex addiction, which we don't have to throw a label on it, but that you just wanted a lot what do you think it gives you? Because anything we want in excess is filling some kind of void. Yeah, probably. What what void do you think it fills in you?
1: Mm, I don't know. I guess uh, just pleasure, happiness overall.
0: My guess would be feeling worthy.
1: Yeah, could be. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So she's the perfect mirror for you because you're being, for lack of a better word, forced to not go the easy route for that quick fix of worth and pleasure. You're having to internalize it. You're having to give yourself the things your parents never gave you of feeling loved and validated and enough and amazing.
1: Yeah. I think we both have that
0: problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us do. So this is, this is a beautiful healing opportunity for you too. And again, the more you're invested in fixing her, the less you're paying attention to you and what you need to learn and heal through this. Yeah. And know that sex is great. Believe me, sex is amazing. The, the physical act of it. And intimacy takes us so much farther and so much deeper. And what you're both learning to do, because it's like, She's gone in the, I'm just gonna shut down and avoid sex as a way to numb. And you've gone to, I'm gonna have sex once or twice a day as a, a way to numb. Both of you are numb in something. But in the exercise we just did, when you're really present with each other and you're going slow and you're paying attention to the sensations in the body and it's, you're not unconscious and you're not dissociating, we can't hide. That's true intimacy. Right. And that's the healing opportunity for you both. Which makes this relationship so beautiful. Yeah. Any questions?
1: Uh, well, not offhand.
0: How are you feeling right now, Adam? Better. You have yeah. some clarity? Yeah, for sure. And Rihanna, how are you feeling? Hopeful.
1: Yeah. You're better than our last couples counselor that we tried seeing her for like a
2: month.
0: Well, you know, with counselors and coaches, sometimes we have to kind of date, date around. You, you have to try a few before you find a really good fit. But a good indicator is if you feel like you're not making progress, then, you know, sometimes it's good to find somebody that's a better fit, but there are amazing people out there. We just, we just have to look around a little bit, you know, it took you two a while to find each other, right? You probably had a lot of crappy relationships beforehand and sometimes therapy is like that. Um, but I encourage you to to keep looking and keep working on this because you have a beautiful connection and you both are so coachable and so willing. And what you can do that you don't need a counselor or facilitator for is just practice what we did today and just keep, you know, feeling into it. And so for you, Rihanna, it's like really saying what would feel good. Like I let it this time in terms of, okay, put hand on knee, but I, I want you to practice leading it. I'd like you to now put your hand on my knee. I'd like you to now run your fingers through my hair. I'd like you to come a little closer. Ooh, that's too close. Can you back up a little bit?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can have a hard time with once I start feeling that, almost like that clammy sensation saying, kind of giving those lead words like I'm not feeling comfortable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's just because that's when the trauma comes up. So remember how we just, we had you close your eyes and we had you breathe and we had you just regulate your nervous system and come back to the present moment. And then you were able to feel the tingly sensation. and Then you were able to ask for a hug. Do you see how you, you got through that? Absolutely. So you just keep practicing. Instead of allowing the trauma response to dissociate you, you let it be an alarm system of, okay, I'm having a body memory. And you can even say that I'm having a body memory. That was then. This is now. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm safe. I'm in control here. I can use my voice. What do I need? This is so, so huge for you to get out of the trauma loop.
2: Yeah. It's the one thing I'm definitely struggling with.
0: Yeah. But you did great today. You didn't struggle. You did great. (laughs) So give yourself a little more credit. I believe in both of you, and I believe with love, with patience, with presence, you can heal this, and you can have an amazing, intimate, and sexual connection. You Just got to go slow. Yeah. I acknowledge you both. You both are doing amazing, and your commitment to each other is really moving. So don't give up. This, <laughs> is, this is the healing opportunity. Drew each other in for many reasons and healing. This is, is one of them getting you both to a more healthy place with your sexuality, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you both. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing this with me today. Sure. Oh, thank you again to this beautiful couple for your willingness, for your openness to, to let me take you through an experiential process. I mean, can we just take a moment and acknowledge these two? Like first they, they call in, discuss intimate details of their life to serve all in service to themselves, but also to all of you. And then just through audio, they allow me to take them through a process that yes, was quite simple, but can be pretty challenging. So Again, I'm just always so moved by the people that call into the show. We've done nearly 350 episodes and everyone is just so vulnerable and so honest. And I just want to thank all of you who've ever been guests and know that you can always apply to be on the show when you go to christinehassler.com slash waitlist. So to Adam and Rihanna specifically, thank you. So I said a lot in the intro and I'll repeat some of it kind of and dive a little deeper. When Adam and Rihanna first started talking, I could feel intuitively in my body just a level of trauma that honestly they both had. We talked a little bit more about Rihanna's history than Adam's, but if he has some sexual compulsion, sexual addiction, there's trauma there too. There's worthiness stuff. There's never enoughness stuff. You know, he talks about being fix it, being always in his head. He probably grew up in an environment where emotions and, and that kind of emotional intimacy wasn't welcomed and so he's searching for intimacy through physical intimacy. This is a, a big thing with sexual compulsion. And, and stuff. my husband talks about this because his life prior to meeting me, a lot of sexual compulsion, a lot of cheating, infidelity, all that kind of stuff, because he couldn't get to the levels of emotional intimacy. And so one of the reasons he was seeking out so much sex was that that's the way he felt intimate. And so that's very, very common. And that can happen with men and women. You know, a lot of times think, Oh, well, men are the ones that want more sex, but it's not gender, sexual identity, sexual orientation specific. It's more life experience specific. You know, what, what happened to you, what didn't happen to you. And that has impact on our sex life. We can't think that our childhood trauma doesn't impact our sex life, even if it's not sexual abuse. Like any kind of childhood trauma, is gonna we, we see how it impacts our emotional life. We see how it impacts our mental life. We see how it impacts our financial life you think you can just leave sex out of that equation? No, you can't. And because sex is something that is still kind of taboo to talk about and is often shame, that's why I brought people like Betty Martin onto the show. And you know, I want to even bring more people to talk about sex and sexuality onto the show. I try to give you a good mix of different experts that I bring on to coach's corner, but I want to really be able to normalize that conversation. And especially to to women, as a woman, really normalize, pay attention to your body. Your body's giving you cues. If you're getting infections, if you're having pain, if you're shutting down, there's something deeper to explore there. And I have to say, all my work that I've done, sexual somatic healing, tantra work, pelvic floor therapy, all of that work has been huge in my healing journey, not just for my sex life, but my overall life. Because when we think about our sexuality if we think about the energy center of our body, it's our second chakra. And that's tied to not just our sexuality and our our reproductive organs and all of that, but it's tied to our creativity. It's tied to money. It's tied to relationships. There's so much that's tied to that sexual energy and that sexual center. And when that's closed or shut down, it, it can be a huge just roadblock to our overall life. So having healthy sexuality is more than just having a good sex life. It's about really feeling comfortable in your body, really enjoying the sensual experiences of life, really knowing what your turn-ons are. I think a lot of us, when it comes to sex, get really into performing and pleasing the other or being a certain way versus like really what, what feels good. And it's also about feeling really alive and vital and creative, and you don't need a partner to have a great sexuality and a great sex life. Again, sexuality and your sex life is about way more than the act of physical sex. Way, way, way more than that. It's, it's really an energetic experience. So back to this lovely couple. When I tuned in to How I Can Help The Most, it was all about making Rihanna feel safe and make making Adam feel grounded and out of his head, like getting him out of his body and teaching him how to be present rather than fix. Because you heard that was, he he keeps trying to fix it. And any time anyone's trying to fix us, even if it's coming from love, our brain is gonna get the message that we're broken. And that's why it's so comforting when we go and share with someone an issue or problem and they just listen. And they just say, I really hear you and I'm here. They don't offer you solutions, they don't try to fix it, they don't problem solve. They just really take you in and are present with you. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'm okay. But as soon as someone goes into that fix it mentality, we can reinforce, I'm broken. So again, for her, it was all about feeling safe in the body, working through the triggers that came up. And for him, it was really staying present and grounded and just holding and being able to hold in his love while she was being triggered. Because another way, remember how I said that possibly Adam was avoiding emotional intimacy by his over-reliance of sex and physical intimacy. So oftentimes people, especially men, will go into the fix-it headspace because things are getting too intimate. Things are getting too emotional and they don't know what to do. So they go into logic. So I wanted to get him out of his head and into his body and just be present so he could experience really emotional intimacy and wasn't using the mind to get out of the emotional intimacy. So that was the most important part for him. The most important part for her was again feeling safe and working through the trigger. So we got to the point, I can't remember when it was, I don't know if it was when he had both hands on her knees, but it was some point in the process where the trauma trigger started coming up. You know, the flutters, the heart rate, all of that kind of stuff. And It was about not necessarily stopping at that point, but breathing through it. And that's part of how we start to work through trauma in a safe environment. We guide it. We're in charge. We notice things are coming up. We name them. You know, I'm feeling, you can practice this in your relationship. I'm feeling my heart rate rise. I'm feeling butterflies in my stomach. And then your partner just stops and holds And you breathe, you tell yourself you're safe, you keep breathing through it, you look into your partner's eyes, you maybe touch your own body, hand on your heart, hand on your belly, and that's how we start to rewire the brain and start to unhook that pattern because even though her mind knows this is 2021, this isn't my childhood, this isn't my teenage years, this isn't a past relationship, this is Adam, he's safe, her body's like, oh, someone's touching me. Panic, alert, alert, danger, danger, shut down, dissociate. So by really slowing down, we're starting to break that pattern. And when it comes to really healing blocks, especially sexual blocks in relationships, I'm glad they're in counseling. I'm glad we talked about it a little bit. And the big healing work doesn't happen in the talking. The healing happens in the experiential level. So, for Rihanna, I would encourage her to, you know, somatic therapy, any kind of trauma based, trauma informed therapy, getting in the body. And for them in couples counseling, it would be less talking and more doing processes like we did in the call, like really starting to get in the body and starting to guide them through just intimacy so that he feels really grounded and present, she feels safe, because one of the things that's gonna make her feel safer is when he's not in his head, right? When he's really in his heart and in his body, because I guarantee you none of her perpetrators were in their heart and in their body, right? They were in their woundedness, they were in their, in their mind, right? It wasn't coming from a really embodied, safe, heartfelt place. And so if she can feel him drop into his loving, that's going to help her feel more safe. And it's going to help heal a lot of his emotional intimacy. So, you know, oftentimes the person who has more trauma in the relationship is the one that's often spotlighted. You know, we need to heal your stuff. We need to heal your stuff, Rihanna. It's your trauma. Adam wasn't doing that, but often the spotlight can go on the person who's had more trauma. And that's, I think, an unuseful way to look at it because it takes two to tango, right? And even though hers may be bigger and louder, because you heard the list of everything you've been through, he has his too, right? And they're mirrors for each other. And that's why this is a beautiful healing relationship. So a lot of times one person will get in, well, my partner just needs to heal. My partner just needs to be fixed. And if only they will be fixed, then the relationship will be fixed. Uh, No, hello, (laughs) scapegoat. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You need to look at, okay, why did I bring this person in? Like, what is this partner illuminating in me, right? And her high-level need of safety is a catalyst for him dropping into a deeper level of emotional availability within himself because there's some shutdown there on his end. So her high need for safety is calling him forward into really dropping into that emotional availability. I have tremendous hope for this couple. I know that if they continue to practice what we talked about, get some support, really move forward. Hopefully they re-listen to this episode. I truly believe that, you know, I won't say anything and everything is healable because who am I to make that assertion? But in my, you know, 17 years of doing this, I really have seen that so much, most things are healable. And when you have two willing people that love each other, miracles can happen. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Sending you so much love, many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at Christinehassler.com.